Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Headspace Podcast. This is the show where we break down the newest hip-hop albums track by track, giving you our thoughts and opinions on every single song. This is a little bonus episode, and you may notice that Mr. Christopher is not with me today. My name is Holden Stefan Roy, and joining me is... Your lady friend, Bonnie. And today we are doing something a little bit special. It's actually... It's actually a first on this channel, believe it or not. We'll be talking about the upcoming, as in, this is not out yet, album from Mr. California Ghost King, Pro Tools Calls of Zion. Um, We'll we'll get into that a little bit, how this all came to be. But now it's time for a little intro bit. We'd like to start the show letting everybody know. We recognize we are not professionals, but we do like these albums. We do like to go through them track by tracks. We do like to give our thoughts and opinions on every single song because we are, we are capable of doing just that. But we also recognize that sometimes things go over our head or we miss some points or we say some silly things. You know, some days are better than others and all that. And so we encourage comments greatly. And we look forward to seeing whatever y'all have to say about this review. And we look forward to engaging you there. We look forward to hearing what Mr. Lindell Williams says after he checks out this album and lets us know what he thinks. And, uh, yeah. Um, before we jump into it, though, we do like to give a little shout out to the patrons at the beginning while everyone's still watching. So special thanks to the patrons. It's me, Uncle Damsey, Chris Brower, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Black, Hurricane, Linda Williams, and Connie Sparse. And on that note, Bonnie, why don't you tell us what album we're going to be talking about today? Well, um, yeah, so we are doing California Ghost King Pro Tools Calls of Zion. All right, so I guess it's story time, right? Because um, there's probably a chance that some people may be going, why is this album review happening? Well, part of the new mission of something I like to do over here with Behind That Suit is to focus a little bit more on the Montreal scene and the things that are happening a little bit closer to home and use this platform a little bit to showcase that kind of stuff. Now, it was made abundantly clear to me that California Ghost King himself is, uh, uh, who is a member of the Sovereign Movement Music. Music Movement? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry if I said that poorly. So there's like a whole group of like um, musicians he, doing something over here. Yeah, but he's, he's from California himself. So he technically apparently doesn't count as a Montreal artist specifically. And wanted, but he comes to Quebec and, well, he's and like, Montreal. He hangs as I understand here. it, he's currently in Montreal. Um, so how I know about these guys because like they're local is they used to do this thing called big bang montreal i don't know if it's still happening i believe it has ended and it was like this open mic event where you could just like sign up and regardless to who you were or what genre you did of like art whether it was stand-up comedy or spoken word or you picked up a guitar or you gave the dj mark magnanimous i think i said that bad too that dude's freaking awesome dj mark whatever yeah he's amazing if you see him at an event you know you're in for a good time so you would hand him your little usb and he would take your mp3 files or whatever and then you would go do your thing uh but they would also do this thing where they would like feature a particular person as like their main artist almost like a little headliner that would go on in the middle of the show and get like a 15 minute slot and technically they asked me to do that twice it was crazy so i met um this dude i think it was 
Urban Logics at that point, who's actually uh, affiliated with how we got this all set up now. Mm-hmm. But at this hip hop karaoke event, there was a couple of them there, and they ran into me, and they were like, "Yo, I remember who was there exactly." They were like, "Give me," I think it was Odd Man Black too, and they were like, "Give me your email address. We liked what you did. One day we'll holler at you." And you know, somebody says something like that to you, you just kind of whatever doesn't goes in one ear but 18 months later and i remember that because it was like 18 months later they hollered at me to do that first one and i'm like that's the most honorable dope thing i like i'd I'd seen at that point in like Mm -hmm. my local city like somebody remembered you and like reached out that much later it gave me a lot of faith in the universe type thing because it put in perspective the timing of things like sometimes something might take 18 months to come to fruition and that 18 month number has happened so many times in my life that like or two years or whatever like things just aren't so quick either way but that put like a really good taste in my mouth with the whole squad per se just because they were like really cool like that and then one day uh Mr. Logics hit me up and we had some conversations and uh, full disclosure, I had uh, fronted a CD off of them. I forgot to pay for it because I was supposed to go back and spend money and then I didn't and then he reminded me years later so I paid up and it was all good. We started talking. Yeah, just showing it out there, that Urban Logics dude, he's pretty fresh, very, very talented dude. I've seen him spit live a whole bunch of times. I've seen the Odd Man Black guys spit live. Like they freestyle at these things, right? They just go over the beats and it's like authentic and whatnot. I don't know, we're here to talk about yeah. California Ghost King, but like I said, this was story time. And uh, and even when he like Urban Logics like speaks, sometimes it just kind of becomes almost like a freestyle. Like he almost can't stop himself. Like it's really, it's really kind of cool. So from what I could tell though, everything I heard is that California Ghost King is like the shit by comparison. You know, like we got hyped up for California Ghost King. I'm not even gonna lie, hyped yeah. up proper. And <laughs> I'm, I was like a little bit blown away when I heard the project in terms of the quality and the living up to expectations. Mm-hmm. A, little, a little bit of spoilers there, because it's, it's like. So you have to like kind of be into knowledge. I think is a good like full preface thing. Like I think, I think also, I mean. From what I got out of it, uh, full disclosure, you know, before going into the album, I found it very, um, you you have to have knowledge, but I think you also have to have a specific type of knowledge because I think that it falls um, very into like the theological realm. And so there's a lot of like stuff that like if you don't like it's very it's great to listen to and everything but like sometimes like the the topics are very like See, theological I, would, I, would, I think we'll go into i want to talk about yeah, that we'll, we'll more talk as about we get into the project but all that to say because we like to start off our reviews with how we know the artist and like our familiarity with them um because i think it's fair like mm-hmm. if you've been a fan for 20 years of the particular individuals involved and whatnot you're gonna feel a completely different way than if this is say like your first real full album experience or something along those lines and i just think it's been fair this is how we do it so in my case with california ghost king prior to this project i had seen a music video he was in at one point when i was curious um actually i was trying to find an urban logics music video and i found one that has california ghost king in it and like you watch it and it was really cool um I can't remember the name of the song right now. I'll link it below, though, so that you guys can see what I'm talking about. So look in the the description for a link to that music video. Um, But all things considered, you could just hear the lyricism and the bars and 
Um, I'm gonna say it now in the hindsight of having gone through this project in some detail that knowledge is a good thing to have, like a desire for knowledge. If you're into that stuff, it's very much gonna be up your alley. Um, but I don't really know much about California Girls King. I think he hides his face publicly, which yeah. I thought was notable because there's a few music videos that you can find trickling around. So I guess I'll link whatever I can find below for y'all so you can get some visuals for him. But otherwise, I don't think I've met the guy personally or seen him live. So for me, it was kind of like, cool. This is just like any other review. Another dude I haven't met, except that he is possibly in my city at this very moment, or mm -hmm. maybe he's in LA. I'm not 100% sure, but I think he's in the city. And his people have a reputation for being good for the city, from what I can tell in my little hearings. Like, well, they're very like promoting of like Montreal, of Quebec. Like they talk about it in their music, which we'll kind of touch touch you know once we get into it. Um, so I think that that's like really cool, and like they are trying to like make a mark. Um, mm you know, and represent Montreal. And I think that that's really cool. What's also really cool is we first talked about reviewing stuff for them maybe six months ago. Mm -hmm. And it took that long just in terms of an idea and not no disrespect or anybody to anybody involved with that. It's not what it meant. It was just more the amazingness of how timing would just allow things to happen over. Like if you just, if something's a good idea, like it doesn't necessarily matter as much when it's going to happen. You just have the faith that it will happen and then things will come to be. Anyway, I guess expectation management is a huge thing that's on my mind uh, in a lot of ways. Timing of when to do stuff and whatnot. Anyway, um, I like to say uh, we got the opportunity to talk about this project and uh, I'm kind of excited to do that now. It's called uh, Pro Tools Calls of Zion, which is an interesting title because Pro Tools being the music making program that is synonymous with sound engineering and making your album like Pro Tools changed music in a, in a big way is a common idea within the music industry. There was like the pre-Pro Tools era and then there's Pro Tools and how it, everybody can make music now kind of thing in a sense, but not like anybody, but it changed how music was created in a literal way. And then Calls of Zion has almost like this prophetic scrolly type feel to it. I'm looking at the cover now where there's mm. a scroll on it, which yeah. you should see in the corner. But when you hear Zion, I think Israel instantly. Um, I don't know if that's the right thing to think of, but I think Zionist and then that just instantly links to Israel. And whether or not that's the original purpose of the word, it's just the first thing. But it makes me think in the realms of religious calling mm -hmm. or like a more powerful statement, like it's important. And then Zion just holy land, like, I don't know, I can't not think that when that word pops into my head. Although maybe I can just Google the word and get like a quick definition, which is maybe something I should have done ahead of time. But that's why we got computers. So yeah, like again, like the theology kind of, uh, overarching theme of like this album, so that it's very it's in like the, the like the the title, and like we still have to like Google it. So. Well, I should have done it, but <laughs> I should probably just know this. I feel a little ignorant here live on but this. But probably, whatever. I mean, I don't know. But like according to Oxford Dictionary, which is a fun source, mm -hmm. the hill of Jerusalem on which the city of David was built. In Christian thought, the heavenly city or kingdom of heaven. So even just looking at that, this is how you should listen to a lot of these albums, in my opinion. You do that, you look up these words, you see their definitions, and you're like, oh, so it's almost like a heavenly proclamation. Mm -hmm. It's almost like even the title, now that I looked up the word Zion, which I should have done beforehand, it changes it. Like now it's like the musical call of the heavenly claims. It's like 
this album is a representation of how to achieve maybe a more higher state of being mm -hmm. through music, which I think is freaking important. Yep. Just within myself, I'm inspired by the Italian Renaissance where a bunch of artist dudes uh, used art to subvert the authoritative nature of the church because science was like being suppressed and whatnot. And a lot of art took some sneaky sneakies and influenced people to think different. And I think in our modern era with all of the garbage out there in terms of media messaging music could be used differently by us artisty types to influence the youth so just seeing this title gets me hella excited about the intentions of california ghost king you know what i mean like yeah. just tells you what it's about it's a good title mm -hmm. the cover is fine i don't know if those flowers or whatever has symbols well i, well, think I mean that, the fleur de lis is pretty clear but yeah i think that's exactly it. it's a nice you know document scroll with like the you know the title and the name of like you know the, the artist and the album and then there's like these um fleur-de-lis which are um quebec you know, representing quebec because that's what's on the quebec flag or for fleur-de-lis or lilies of the valleys for all of you anglophones um whoa it's a lily of the valley yeah no <laughs> I thought they were well, it's different. Well, it's a lily. It's, yeah, it's a lily. Fleur de Lille. Isn't that Lille an island? Or is it a valley? Uh, I think it's Fleur de Lille. I think it's that's what it is. It's a lily of the valley, as far as I'm aware. Or, or just a lily. I don't know if it's just like a particular type of lily, but it's a lily. Um, and that's what's on the Quebec, Quebec flag, which is taken from France. You know, you know they've got, uh, you know, a lot of symbolism in, like, their, um, I guess, like, the... Like the kings and stuff like that had a lot of fleur de lis on their stuff. Um, so I think it's kind of cool because it's. I think it's just an icon that was stylized in image. What's well, like a. From like ancient France and crap. Yeah. But it's a lily. Yes. And um, I think, anyways. So uh, <laughs> it just, it's kind of cool because like just like the album and like the title, California Ghost King, and like you're seeing all of that. And it's sort of interesting that just from that, you're getting like this like dual citizenship kind of situation. Like they're, you know, they're representing Quebec and at the same time they're representing uh, California. And I think that that's kind of cool. Yeah, which is cool. Mm -hmm. I got distracted trying to learn about that. There's lilies and irises, and I got real distracted there with the flower etymologies. And I think we are more interested, or you guys might care about the flowers. Let us know in the comments if the flowers is an interesting topic and you'd like to see behind that suture breakdown of florals stuff. Maybe you don't care. Um, on that note, uh, are you ready to get into the album? Yeah. Are you excited to talk about some basic doctrine? Yep. This song has uh, three parts, I would call it. There is part one, that would be the intro bit. Mm -hmm. Then there's the track, and then there's the outro bit, which is part of the track. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna talk a lot, so why don't you let us know how you feel <laughs> about the song? Um, well, I like the intro, and I like the, the flute or whatever that was like um, included on that. I thought that was kind of fun. Um, it makes me picture the conch from Lord of the Flies, like to announce for people to come, like. Oh, I guess. Yeah, I guess that makes sense, right? Um, or like maybe you know if he's on top of like a mountain, Mount Zion or whatever you were saying, like maybe he's like one of those like 
or like Swiss <laughs> but even like back in like the medieval days and stuff you would have like a horn or a trumpet sound for an important proclamation about to come um i actually experienced that um i mean a few years ago um i was living in germany for like a few months and um they went uh, we were living in sort of like the countryside of things and they went you know or the local hunters went hunting and um they had like a special like i guess like a trumpet or something or another um to announce what from what they were hunting what they had caught and different um you know, different sounds indicated different things to like the townspeople when they heard it so that they know, oh, they caught a boar or they caught a deer so that they knew kind of like what to start preparing, you know? So it was kind of cool that they were doing that and like how, like like the relation between like just the sound and announcing what, you know, they'd found, like these hunters had found and killed. Um, it's definitely so not what was. I was expecting, but yeah. that was really interesting. <laughs> but it was, <laughs> it was, it was pretty cool because it was like traditional hunting, uh practices i guess no but that's still fascinating mm -hmm. that there's places it still I, happens today it's like in my technological world where i'm into my android phone which is a little foreshadowing i guess a they could have done that the album. but you know they announced uh, it with a horn yeah because i would be like let's build an app man just hit a button boom everybody knows and maybe i i'm a little bit too modern sometimes because that sounds pretty freaking cool to use trump and sounds instead of an app yep um anyway go on uh anyways so um so they you know so they intru uh, introduce like um different like artist songs or whatever like it kind of plays like a radio um and they're all like you know just kind of like clips of like different songs that are talk singing about california um so it sounds pretty cool um can we just point out that california loves california is in there mm-hmm like, it, it is cool. It's definitely like, you know, like you're skipping through like the radio and you're finding different songs okay. and they just all happen to be about California at that time. It's really cool. It, it almost reminds me of like those early 90s intros mm. or mid 90s, like when they were really getting into like the art of the album a little more. Yeah. Like something like an Illmatic. I don't know if that one was actually sampling. I know one of those in that era was really like. Well, I think, I mean, I think MF Doom did it. And anyway. like maybe some others, but I don't know. Anyway, it just makes me picture that era. And there's probably better examples than the ones I gave. <laughs> um, um, so, I mean, I'll, here, I'll just give my usual like quick quick summary. Um, so, like overall, like the they're really pretty sick rhymes. Um, and the beat and the mixing is pretty fantastic. I don't really have anything, you know, too terrible to say about anything here. Um, there's like really interesting topics about, um, you know, and it's different things that we, you know, we don't normally hear about, about kind of like ancient history and biblical references. Um, and at the same time, like they're using those to reflect on like modern day, you know, issues and items and things that are going on in like today's world. Um, so I th thought that that was like kind of cool that they were using like the old and the new and like how, you know, basically saying like some things never change or like we can use like the same knowledge from like back then to teach us today. And I think that that's kind of important as well. Um, he, he has like a really strong voice. I'll give him that much for sure. Um, it's really great. Um, and I liked how he plays with his voice, um, at the end when he's basically, <sighs> that's so good. Yeah. When he's basically like repeating that he is not uh, an N word. Um, but interesting, they spell it a bunch of times, you know, because they sent us like, 
you know, the lyrics, the lyrics to like their music. Um, and uh, so I thought it was really interesting that they spelt it K-N-I-G-G-E um, a bunch of times, not particularly at this point, but like, like throughout the song, they were calling it, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to even say this. Just- an uh, enig or a knig or whatever it was, but a German word um, who, you know, and it's the name of somebody and it was a German writer who wrote the book that started the Illuminati. So I thought that that was kind of interesting that all that kind of ties in together at the same time. Like, it's just like, there's so much to think about just from this intro. I think um, if you can quote somebody's name and, and do a reference, it's in the safer zone. I would imagine that this is, just his name this is his last name um and so i think that it's okay but um yeah i mean considering that this is like well this song is six minutes and 34 seconds so it's like a relatively long song but there's so much to think about and take away from it so i thought that it was really interesting and it's obviously kind of like the start this is the basic doctrine so this is kind of like the start of everything i think um and it was pretty cool i mean i can see this being pretty popular and it's definitely like a unique sounding um experience and and uh, the topics are really interesting. Um, so this is definitely one for like all of you thinkers out there. Um, so I gave this a 4.65 on five. I thought it was pretty cool. So I'm, uh, I'm really into music trends. And I think we're in a transitional point where a lot of what has dominated the pop sphere of hip hop in terms of what's considered cool, what the kids will say is shifting. And if I were a betting man, I would say California Ghost King here has tapped into one of the core sounds that could really blow up and pop and be like the next interesting thing. And what I mean is knowledge-driven education. I think people are thirsty for education mm-hmm. in a way where people may not even be aware at a subconscious level yet. But once the music gets more interesting in that regard, I think it's going to take on like a little bit of like a storm. But more importantly is you can hear the years of experience in the man's flow. Like this guy knows how to rap like any of the best of them, like for real, just in terms of technique and flow. Um, but what I really liked from the song is when you do that little intro, it the last one, because it's all like California, and then you, then the last one is some lady going, my California king, or whatever. I believe that was Rihanna. That might be. I don't really listen to Rihanna very much, so. Is it, is it, is it Rihanna? California I just, I just, king. I made no effort to try to identify any of the samples used. I just knew the Tupac one. Like Katy Perry? I can't remember who it is. Um, but... <laughs> then it was it was almost fitting right like it's like california like hyping him up because of his name and then like because he's a king california ghost king to have that like my california king thing and then the beat drops and i'm gonna tell you something i had zero idea what the beat was gonna be (laughs) i wasn't expecting some grimy harsh hitting almost I don't want to say trap because I'm really bad with the beat differentiation. Something the drums yeah, that seem to change it up. It has that kind of trap feel. That like da 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 da, but more in like a dark horror yeah, feel. Yeah. Like it almost feels like it like, could be like a dark, horror dark horror trap, beat. like Halloween trap or something. <laughs> mm. Oh, I forgot to say it. Uh, the album I believe is coming out October 30th speaking of Halloween so you guys can catch that then and then uh, you should check it out and cop that or whatever because showing love and supports and when the album's live we'll link the stuff that's appropriate for you to do it and if if whatever there's a pre-order link I'm certain somebody on their camp will be like bro put that link down (laughs) and then we'll have that available as soon as possible Mm -hmm. Um, but I just 
just a yeah. Yeah, like it just came in. It was modern. Yeah. It sounded modern. It yeah. sounded like when Method Man made the modern album, and that was his most recent one, that like uh, twenty end of twenty eighteen. And I was like, "Yo!" And Method Man just embraced modern techniques and flows and made it pop. It, it didn't sound so nineties. I was like, Method Man just stole the year. And I feel like in the same way that embracing some of the more you know sounds that are a little more in line with what other people are, because music's a lot about repetition. Um, the science of music has it that if you hear shit a lot, you're going to like it more. So by entering and kind of fusing the new and the old, it's, it's really smart. It gets a wider berth of people that will care about the sound of your music. So by going with the beat was something more modern, but then coming in with proper lyricism. And even then, the flow's fun. It's not like some boring slow flow. It's like my basic doctrine, catch a hellfire. And then he drops a certain word. Um... And you're just like, okay. So his truth pisses motherfuckers off. His truth explodes. I'm like, I'm curious. But the way he like screams it out, like anthemic like, like he's not here to rap yet. He's fucking hyping you up. And he did this, that. White line concoction burn a book of Yeezus. And I'm like, shots fucking fired, eh? <laughs> um, I could see why many people are not a fan of Mr. Kanye West. I mean, apparently he's on redemption mode and he's making gospel music now. Yeah. We'll see what that turns into, but yo, that's fire. And then I don't know if White Lion meant like Coke or something else, but it kind of seemed like hedonism wrapped into a fucking box right there in the line. Wrapped in sackcloth is all I need is ashes. So, you know, you take that wrapped in sackcloth line and then you think to all those biblical references whenever you would have like a need for humility, you would be like wrap you'd be wrapped in sackcloth. I, d I don't know, I guess, I don't know how to picture it. I've never looked up what that looks like, but I've read that crap in the Bible thousands of times because I used to really read that crap when I was younger. Not to say the Bible's crap, that was a disrespectfully worded sentence. Um, but I like the double entendre, wrapped. Like his raps is the opposite of Jesus. I'm not gonna go in this deep the entire freaking album. I just wanted to show y'all how actually intelligently written this was. But yeah. There's a lot of lyrics, so we might not go through the whole track like this. Um, but just to have Jesus being maybe the example of the egotistical egotisticals in your rhyming, right? Mm -hmm. And then to follow up with you rapping in sackcloth with humility, almost like the humble leader supposed to be. All I need is ashes, you know, like I, because you would then cover yourself in ashes and be almost like make yourself disgusting, so that you could be the lowest of lows and, and embrace the humility of the world. And we're what? two lines it and that was smart i didn't actually catch that easy sackcloth thing until very the second so i'm very glad i <laughs> caught that but it's really intelligent and the way he's rapping it with that flow it, it kind of is nice you know phrases aside this light will raise you right ma i speak from the light so get your mind enlightened the dark twisted blind of men of bad intentions leading you blind so you can't even see you're not a blood-sucking vampires can't see the man in the mirror and so you get the sense that the purpose of this music is to show um, folk, I'm going to assume black men based on a certain word uh, that was used a lot. That, um, But I also feel like it's applicable to just general everyone. But like y'all are brainwashed into believing certain things and my music is here to show you the truth and of enlightenment so that you can understand who you are a little bit. 
Right. And I thought that was pretty cool. It's like, that's how he starts the album off, mission statement time. And then just you get more of a, a rapping tone. He like flips it up. Like, I don't care who's a liar, choir, sent prior. I'm in, I'm the walking sire through the wire. Gods know I'm higher. Yahweh fashioned my birth so kings and queens know I'm flyer. And he's doing it. He's now, he, now he's in rap mode and he's hitting it in a quicker pace. It's less of like, like the first part was like anthemic, powerful, like punch you in the face. And now, now that he's got your attention, he's flowing in. Yep. killing it with the rhymes like the liar rhyme scheme is not the easiest one to then also give sentences with so props on his ability to pull that off so well and you get the sense that god is his guiding force in this um you know i'm a fighter for hyper vipers i got wiser archangel snipers hanging out with the, the mothership squeeze divine triggers to lift people up and make their spirits flip like i'm an underground king making texas hits that's awesome because ugk is mm -hmm. underground kings you know what i'm saying so i like the fact that he's able to do stuff like i must take god bars and flip up this spiritual sense of who he is and then lace in some of the other side of the culture to almost exemplify his message by letting you know that you're kind of on the team like you you understand the life like i think one of the biggest fallacies of a lot of the high and mighty types is their um willingness to condemn things that are not like them uh, an example well, an example of the opposite, like when I was younger, I got into Christian rap for a minute and something that always inspired me was the rap group Grits, who are very Christian and how they lived, at least at one point, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I guess they still are. I assume they wouldn't give that up, but um, they would go hang out with anybody and work with anybody because they felt it was more important to be in the world than to segregate themselves from the world. So by dropping yeah. a UGK bar like that and showing how he's hype enough to understand the culture, probably I'm not saying he doesn't, but proving it is really awesome to see and then i don't know i really liked it and then you get like that of course uh my basic doctrine is economic war with a holy kiss and he kind of adds that little flair on the flow speeds it up a bit and so you can see he's got an anthemic feel a more standard flow some quick trickery going on it's all in the first track and i think it's an interesting choice to not necessarily go balls to the walls on any of the particular trips, but to add a versatile approach to the way that you're rhyming like that is is, is interesting to me. At least it keeps me more engaged because six minute song lengths are a little bit like a little, a little bit daunting. And then it, it's good, so I was cool with that. Um, I don't know. I like the hook. It's it's proper. It kind of follows suit in the theme of the song, but it's laying it down that his basic doctrine is, you know, kind of about economic. Yeah, that was that was lame. But kind of like there's a war going on. My basic doctrine is on this side of things. I'm gonna give you the truth. I'm gonna give you the realness. They ball in Babylon until they fall. Like look at that line. So Babylon being, I don't know, in my head that just means sin and darkness and bad times. That's how it parallels to me. So it's a good time in hell until you're, it's kind of over. So you can go do all the hedonistics. You can all go do the rock star life. But at the end of the day, that has a stamp where you might fall. It's not true wealth of your soul and crap. Hmm. Uh, then you got the whole second verse, which comes in. And this verse is longer than the other one. I like lines like, uh, bury the mental graves of ignorance, not knowing who king is. And that could be a cool line, right? Because it could reference both God and the spiritual side that he's bringing out the mm -hmm. first part, but also you're ignorant for not knowing who the California ghost king is, which is uh, a pretty cool line, mm -hmm. all things considered. Where Lucian or angels maintain established rules over mountains of government, but with the faith of a mustard seed, we can make the mountain move through the satanic sellout 
views be putting moral minds in a bad mood where in out the saints and i'm like this is interesting right so it's almost like it seems hopeless but if we band together through the knowledge we can shed out the darkness like i'm as a human truly inspired by that faith of a mustard seed line it's how something that's governed like most of my life like if you have a strong enough faith you will find the fortitude within your soul to keep pushing so if we can group together and make communal fortitude of our souls to keep pushing you can and essentially move through the views that have been detrimental like it it would not be unfair to say that a bunch of people with my skin color up top are totally okay with having a bunch of toxic messages flow through record labels to keep certain demographics in a state of ignorance as to what's cool do this and it will sell is a bigger mantra than find truth and you'll excel see what i did there yeah anyway um i don't know i really liked it a lot uh the rest of the verse is cool i like when he goes weather in cali t dot or new york i don't worry if they put me in their source because i don't seek after their i don't know if i can say coonery coonery awards yeah so i like that too because he's pointing out that all over he stays pure he's not interested in the awards that are almost like I mean, if you look at the the coonery word, it's like a person who's selling out for the white dude Mm -hmm. to basically dance uh, and and make money for whatever. And there is a debate as to whether or not that's okay or not. You'll have... Yeah, we've we've definitely talked about it. We've had some people fight in the comments over that. You'll have on the one side Flav of Flav's point of view, fuck it, they're giving me money. And then you'll have on the other side people who will say it's kind of bad for the overall culture. Mm Mm-hmm. So I appreciate the fact that he's saying this doesn't mean anything to me because it's basically there for the sake of, you know, making these people happy, not being the community that it's supposed to be for. Yeah. And a lot of these award shows are just pure bullshit. Like, I don't give a fuck about a Grammy. Like, I mean, it's a cool idea. Like, yeah, it would be cool just because of vanity. But does it mean anything when you go look at how it's all set up when you look at the science behind it like not science but the fucking nepotism behind it and all the yeah. crap that's actually there it's just crap anyway whole song is just powerful it just flows through um i mean there's a lot more topics that get brought up and that's what's interesting is it's almost like he's giving you a really He's painting out the world, why he feels the need to have a basic doctrine of this, because there is this other enemy out there. Um, Youth led by stupidly growing rap people into immorality, made to chase corruption of self with all its luxuries, wicked woman in the wiles of the wealthy, conquering your soul so you lay down and crown and sleep. I used to stand with a Glock, but now I gather the flock, cause old pop showed me how a shepherd unleashed can make a grow a man weep. So I come to the prodigal son, spiritually blind, deaf and dumb, add ignorant to the knowledge of Yah, hey whatever all i'm trying to say is that part was really cool because after you look at the corruption and whatnot now i don't think that it's not this isn't necessarily meant to shame anyone per se i think it's more meant to say there is a certain branding out there that doesn't necessarily make sense it's one thing to responsibly be promiscuous with a sense of respect and understanding it's another thing the way certain people spin it in the media like the way pop culture spins a lot of this stuff is is 
irresponsible in the way that it manifests emotionally in people who are ill-equipped to deal with some of the lifestyles they're embracing mm -hmm. so if you're understanding of certain lifestyles and you want to go do it cool but if you're doing it because the rapper you saw in the video had seven girls in bed with him like let's be real that biggie video where he has like four girls in bed when you're looking at that that looks pretty interesting the real life version of managing four women is not something most men can handle all right, that's the truth of the situation. It is not simple. It's just true. I guess. If you've ever tried to date more than one person at once, you'll learn very quickly it is a complicated lifestyle to lead, emotionally taxing, and it's not simple. So you can pursue it, but if you're doing it to be cool, then you're maybe being blinded away from like, the real reason or like better opportunities like for most people having a singular partner is the wisest choice you can have i'm i'm, I'm trying to talk about this without ethical connotations because i don't really want to be the dude adding my ethics to this but all i'm saying is i completely agree with the fact that music is made to chase corruption whether you look at it economically like why do you need eight cars does that make sense? Does it make sense to have eight cars? No. Why do you need the giant house? Why do you need these things at such an early point in your career when maybe it's not the right thing, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just very few people understand how to build lasting legacies just as it is. And a lot of it is the system is set up to give you a bunch of money just to take it back from you. And in a sense, you're pilfering. It's like almost like modern rappers and artists who fall into this trap exist to be like thieves not in like a direct sense they're not stealing but the label is using them to take more money from the hood and the poorer areas and funnel it into the hands of rich folk and probably white varieties so if you think about it yep. the versace claims the get the car things who ultimately profits off of all of these different moves that major record labels are promoting through their imagery is it really the end? Is it really the community's not? Even these rappers, when they go bankrupt later on, where does all that money go? Where did the millions of dollars funnel? Oh, into the hands of major corporations yeah. and other such people, right? It doesn't ever really go in the direction you think it should. So that to me is what he's kind of playing down over here. So all things really cool. Uh, then it kind of ends with that my basic doctor and catch a hell fire. And then it like throws up brings up the easiest line again we started there we end there but then it does something that this is it all that track wasn't the moment that really closed it for me on brilliance it was the you are not a line that he kept repeating at the end yeah and it wasn't it wasn't the line per se so it is because it's a strong line but it's how it gets delivered it starts off like regular when i say regular i mean kind of simple or similar to the rest of the song but he kind of flips it into this auto-tuned, exaggerated, melodic flow thing. And that was the best satire I've seen in a minute. <laughs> so it, what I believe is, was happening here is he dropped this whole thing about the truth of the situation, laying it all down. And then you got to give your TLDR version. Too long, didn't read. And so to do that, you flip it up, you translate your voice to mumble rap, because that's what he's doing. It's in the vein of mumble rap with the right. melodic auto-tunes, excessively done. Yeah. And then he's saying, you are not a... So he's using the language of the people that he's trying to target to give them a core sentiment and ironically kind of making fun of it a bit. But it's also catchy as hell at the same time. 
Like, it's pretty, like... So, it's so well done. Yeah. But had he just left the preachy tone without that last line, it would have just been every other song to me. That mm. isn't... Because it's not to say that every other song, but there's a lot of songs that might be like that, that might criticize the culture. But to go one step further and show both a mastery and understanding of the modern musical techniques that other old men who would make a song like this just shit on right that's all they do shit on it is boring can't just shit on it it's it's pretty hype to listen to so to say i can be hype but i can also give you a proper message that's ridiculous like that's really cool to me so in this one song he showcases both a full understanding of history adherence to the culture and an understanding of the modern sounds that are perceived to be catchy by so many people all to prove within a point how to do his thing and i'm like that's a pretty strong start to an album, no? It's a pretty strong start. Yeah. I, I gave it a 4.5. <laughs> it's like a mission statement. It's like his basic doctrine. Yeah. And that track it is. And I mean, I know there's more lyrics in it. And what I, I want to just point out is that if you want to go through a bar for bar and really go through a bar for bar when the album drops and whatnot, you won't be disappointed. It's one of those ones where the fifth or sixth time you hear this song, you're still catching things you didn't notice because it's so yep. dense and it's so purpose driven that every line is not wasted. And I'm not just saying that because the dude's in the city or whatever. I'm not kissing ass here. I am enthused with the level of it got me thinking at the end of the day if you can get me talking about a whole bunch of shit that's not the album on a review, you have achieved the goal. In my opinion, you did it right. If I can't come up with you inspired some story or some crap, then it wasn't that thoughtful, right? The music wasn't that deep. I don't know how long we've been talking, but it's probably a pretty excessive amount of time on this one song. Yeah. Um, but that's just because of all the things it inspired, right? And that's one track. Yeah. It's pretty dope. Uh, on that note, uh, did you give a grade? Yes. I don't remember what you gave. Uh, 4.65. You gave a higher grade than me. That yeah. almost never happens. Okay. Well, okay. Let, let's move on and find out if that happens on the method of conquest. We can try. I don't know what the actual time is, but it said 43 minutes in the like raw recording file at this point. That, this might go down as one of the longest tracks I've ever done. It's up there, like in what individual songs. Mm -hmm. Good on it, California Ghost King. <laughs> Record making up on this channel. Uh, so Bonnie, how do you feel about method of conquest? So we're hearing uh, drinks being poured, and I like that. Um, I, it kind of, and like some of this, like I don't know if it's maybe just like the California influence, but some of, some of his sound and like, I don't know, it feels a little uh, Snoop Dogg to me, and like that's kind of what I mean. Obviously, that's a different uh, thing pouring, but oh, you're talking about at the, I think it's gin and juice where yeah, he's pissing course, at the beginning of, of the song. It's like similar. It's like you know, I, I don't know, and I think that also his overall sound a little bit sometimes. Uh, I do like West Coast rap. Kind of flows into like the the Snoop Dogg kind of sound. So if you like that, definitely check this out. Um, so it's got some like funky mixing and like warping like of like the voices and stuff like that, um, and like the beat is like really sick. Uh, I think and back to like the warping voice, it's more like a 
sort of like an Alvin and the Chipmunks kind of situation going on. I think it's pitch shifting. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. That's when you... Sh- <laughs> so makes sense, though. When you yeah. increase the speed of something, it goes more high, high-pitched. Yeah. Or you make it go lower, it goes... Yeah. So I think, I think it's that mixed that with sense. other effects. Yeah. I don't really know. I'm not an engineer. I just know that there's more than auto-tune in life that people use. Yeah, true. Um, and yeah, and like, I like that he shouts out like Montreal and Quebec on this uh, song. And I think he does that kind of more towards the end. Um, and especially like since he's clearly like, you know, representing, I think, on like the cover. So it's always nice to, to hear that. Um, you know, wherever you are, if anybody shouts out where you're from, you're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. So, I mean, it's cool. Um, my favorite lines are rap adventures are made famous to scam boys into thinking that babies can be born out of the anus of a man. And he repeats that a few times. Um, and I think it's true. I think that, um, like kind of like these, like people can convince things with their music, like to make you believe certain things almost. And I think that like, that's kind of what he's saying. Like, you know, we can convince you even like that, you know, babies are born from, you know, the anus of men instead of the vaginas of women. And I think that that's kind of like something that they could like kind of, I don't know, that's kind of what I was thinking that, you know, music can change, I guess, sort of like education. It it becomes an education source. And I think that that's what they're trying to use their music for as an education source. um, Also wondered if simultaneously that was commenting on the feminization of black men that seems to be happening through music. Mm -hmm. Now, as much as I'm all through the LGBTQT plus stuff, like I get that that's a world that, you know, it makes total sense to me. I don't have any hate there. But there does seem to be this active effort when you really look at it into effeminizing black men as much as possible based on our mannered standards of manliness and effeminate and all of that it's weird like and maybe it's just across the board but it seems like or maybe the only people who care seem to be black men and nobody else seems to be care that it's happening everywhere else that's not true i see lots of white dudes fucking yelling on the internet about this so I, guess. I think music is being done in a huge way. Like you have I mean, major yeah. rap artists promoting people, you know, actually wearing dresses, getting more into makeup and moving away from traditional manly stereotypes and stuff. And whether or not you're supporting this, I'm just, when I heard that, I wondered if it was like, that's the extreme of where that goes. It's mm. like, it convinces you that you could become something that's literally impossible. Like you want to become a woman so badly, but you, you know, you, you can't really have a kid like that Mm, okay and then that's kind of what i I might be wrong and i and i think it's cool that and i think what you're saying is also true don't get me wrong right and i just wondered if that was like the other twist on the the line Hmm. um interesting interesting but oh okay yeah i mean that that's pretty much it um see more to think about um, so yeah, and, and there's a lot of like ancient references again um, that they're making, and I, I don't necessarily understand everything that they're saying, uh, but I get the gist of a lot of what uh, the connections are and like things that they're comparing other things too so like it kind of makes sense um you know i didn't have to have my bible on me to like quickly read through it or anything um but i think it's pretty cool and um i really like the rhymes it's really kind of funky and it's well spit and it's interesting to listen to in the ears like it's just kind of like a cool song so i give it a 4.5 on 5. cool um i 
I like to cook a lot, actually. Not knowing the potion that they've drunk too many Afros are going punk. So Afro punk is a, a festival. Yeah. Um, but if you think about from a fashion perspective, a lot of people are giving up the Afros to go do punk shit, like dye their hair funky colors and do a bunch of stuff like that. You know, like. I, I love punk fashion, don't get me wrong, but I can understand the more political side of it because if you think to like more of a nation of Islam approach, and I, again, I don't really, I'm limited in my understanding of all this, but a lot of that black centrism stuff was about your natural, what you come from and having and maintaining those styles per se. So um, I'm not, I don't know, it just kind of was interesting. It looks like there's a cultural an understanding of oneself identity split like people aren't embracing who they are it seems like they're gravitating towards other things right which are being promoted through music materialism is their new religion and then everybody knows who six god is that's a trick six god says go get them jays but i'll say it's hedonism and i'm like i also say it's hedonism <laughs> i okay old navy old navy some shirt I got on the website that let me put my label, whatever. That that was me. That was not Old Navy. But it's still like 20 bucks. Mostly because I used to work at Old Navy. But and for that's real. that's how he ended up with all of this. I go to Village de Valor, which is Value Village, too, which is cheap clothes. It's thrift shop to those Americans watching. Mm -hmm. It's the thrift shop of Montreal. It's wow. the good one. The good one that gets their stuff from corporations and is in a real thrift shop. In it's, fact, 90% of their isn't clothing. is it owned by Walmart? By Walmart? It might be, but 90% of their clothing is new clothes given to them as like hand-me-downs from companies, not it's like, like an the actual donation. Stuff, yeah. If you are in Montreal and want to do the real donation things, Renaissance is the company for you. But if you're a guy, good luck. They Go to Village de Valeur. It's just got better deals. Um, either way. <clears throat> and Halloween uh, accessories, because that's all coming up. True. Six God says, Summer 16, boy, that sounds like Satanism. I don't get that line at all. Yeah, I found those ones a little bit weird. No, I mean, I didn't know like, it. I didn't, quite I didn't get... get that particular one. But Six God says, YOLO boy, I say a path to destruction made total sense to me. Because mm -hmm. they, as in Young Money Entertainment, uh, at some point tried to copyright YOLO. In like, oh, okay. Cause, um, she she said it. Uh, she said she don't know the. She, no, she said she want a photo. You already know the. You only live once. That's the motto. You know, and they say every day. Every, anyway. okay. That was the motto from Drake and Lil Wayne back in like one of his earlier albums. Okay. And then they really were riding that YOLO thing with the intent that you only live once, so you fucking should just hedonistically approach life until you die. Yeah, do it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Or not. I think that's what you're saying. And then I like the beat on this track more. I feel like it was just hyper. Like it was like the other beat was cool. Yeah. But this beat was better. That's the only way I can describe it. I'm not the greatest with beat descriptions, but <laughs> from a production point of view, it was rich. It was deep. It sounded good on shitty headphones and it sounded good on good headphones. So whoever mastered this crap mastered yeah. it really, really, really well. Yeah. I could tell the mastering was good. And I assume because everything was clear and I could identify it, the mixing was good. Therefore, everybody killed it on an engineering front. Um, and I just like the stuff, like they put in the drinks, whatever, and they're not afraid to like create more of a theatrical experience out of the track. 
as far as the verses go it's pretty good rhyming it's more uh, i feel like it's a steady flow uh with my holy 24 i'll fight a stealthy work quietly encircling counts with these a healthy horse feed them the world they eat it their soul is restored if they reject it we're plundering the lot till it's an empty drawer and that's cool because it's super hip-hop in a sense it's like yo if you on the squad and you're rolling we cool if you fuck with us we take you out but in this sense the it's like we want you to elevate your soul and be a better person and otherwise you're the heathen you know and that's kind of cool and as much as it might sound kind of divisive what they're saying is better yourself be proper grow and elevate and maybe there should be some standard in society where people who elevate and grow have something going on and you gotta because as much as everyone wants to be like let me live the way i want to live right sometimes the way you want to live is fucking destructive to people around you well and yourself yeah well if you can just be destructive to yourself i don't care as much but it's not even like that because then it does affect the people who care about you and stuff so should we just let everybody live as they want is that the appropriate way to future should there not be some societal trend towards growth that's different than go to college get a degree blah 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 vanity metrics should there not be an interesting or path to life out there anyway uh on all intelligence we get is going to be sold for sure Oh, it's so true, man. You can't even have an idea without patents and corporations and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I promise they're not going to be trendy no more. When we reveal that the checks are signed by the descendants of Cain, they're going to be the contestants on these Hunger Games. I sort of get that line. I guess they're saying if we uh, show you the truth, people are going to rebel and stuff. I think. Use the spoiler to build our own world with a knowledge game when the pagan bubble bust we gonna be straight and all these looking for that real will start running our way, especially after they learn that they've been played. Never allowed to look at true hip hop's face, we will return to music with the power to save. So we gonna fuck up the world, break down the corrupt order, we gonna use the profits of our plunder to establish a new order, we gonna Robin Hood that shit, and then we finna allow people who wanna learn the real reels to gravitate towards the truth and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, it follows suit in the mission statement and stuff. And then I do like the this, the second verse too. It flows through in my method of conquest. And I like the way he's consistent with that. Like letting you know, like, this is what it's about. It's my war. This album is like my, me entering the battle like in Smash Bros. This character enters the battle. And then he's coming in with his mission statement. This is why you should pick me as your guy, you know, and I really like that. In my method of conquest, watch the process in this house of hip-hop. They're just some house guests, Genesis of Exodus. That's a cool line because he's using Bible bars there. Genesis being new of Exodus, meaning they go away. Uh, on the premise of divine messages through sovereign entrances, this is the emphasis. Egyptian life's about to become perilous. Pharaoh's yoke is venomous and got my people's service in lawlessness. And, uh, you know, it's commentating again on how hip-hop's been polluted and people are pursuing the wrong messages. I mean, we're not going to get a completely new theme at this point because that's what we're talking about the song's about. But, man, it just kills it. Flows through the rest of the track. I mean, we could, again, keep flowing through. But... I don't know. We already went like half hour on the first song, so it might be a little <laughs> too long. Still, I'm blown away by this track. The lyricism is still there. The a lot of his political philosophies happen to align a lot with what I believe and what I think are a lot of the core problems these days. So it's really, really easy for me to get on board and hype this up. And objectively speaking. I don't know how much of my grade is how much I agree with him philosophically versus because I mean from a rhyming point of view he's objectively fantastic like killing it 
from a content point of view, I could see how if I disagreed with him, I might not feel the same way. But I respect, I respect how strong it comes off. Like you feel the conviction of what he believes to the core of his soul in every bar. And that I think is really something that even if I did disagree with him, I would still respect him. Like maybe there's some points I'm not 100% agreeing with, but like he makes it really easy to almost like I want to have a conversation with him after hearing the album because you just sound so interesting as a dude. Anyway, I gave this a 4.75 because it was a little shorter, a little less. Yeah. Look, intro, outro stuffs, they have their purposes, they make their points. It's a little less what I'm going to be bumping on a regular, but I like this one more. I really, really did. Um, don't worry, I'm not just going to be giving ridiculously high grades the whole way through saying I love it. Uh, I'm not to say that it's not an amazing album, but we can look at the takeover technique next. Yeah. So this is absolutely going to be one of those albums where my grade is more related to the beat and the overall construction of the f of like the hook, let's say, and you know the melodies than it is really the quality of any of the tracks. So I want to establish that my objective mind goes... But the quality is still pretty good. Yeah, the quality is equal. Like, every song right. is the same as far as, like, quality goes. And I, I don't mean it, like... When I, I say it more like technical quality, like is the rapper dropping the ball here? Is the subject matter all of a sudden getting whack? Is like, is the flow of the album consistent? Does it all make sense? Like these on this level? Absolutely. Unfortunately, I don't like this hook as much from like an enjoyment point of view. Conceptually, it's up there a hundred percent, but the black devil, red devil, what, just the way he did it. I mean, I liked it in the sense of thinking about it more than I did about listening to it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yes, it does. Um, but still, it is somebody else is going to like it. That's all I'm trying to say. Conceptually, be careful to never let them in the temple until the earth's inherited by the meek through Pasek. I don't know what Pasek is. Peep my takeover technique. And I guess devils come in all shapes and sizes everybody could be a devil and you know be careful of who you let into your court yep. that's what i took from that yeah yeah you want you want to comment i know i'm on talk a lot. no i mean like i i agree with you it's it's pretty similar uh thoughts for me um you know like you said black devil red devil white devil yellow devil be careful never let them into the temple so everybody's trying to like exclude somebody just off of like the color of their skin and like stop them from joining the religion but i think that um you know and everybody's seen as like the enemy but um you know he kind of brings out the nature of you know and i think specifically the black man he mentions um is to do right and so you shouldn't be like excluding people you know you should be welcoming them, welcoming them in especially to the temple to your religion to your um you know invite them in and make them understand and i think that's kind of what he's doing with this album um but again this is super sick uh you know tracks and like you know songs and stuff but i think you know people again um if you enjoy theology 
um, then this is you're going to enjoy this. You're going to find this kind of interesting and, you know, have some thoughts about it and whatever. And, you know, you're going to agree or disagree or you're just going to be like, oh, I never thought of it like that or whatever. And I think that that's kind of cool. Um, and I don't know if I would even I guess I would put this into like Christian rap, but like I don't think that necess- I, necessarily I, falls I, into Christian rap. But I it's still I don't know that I would. I mean, I don't know how, how else I would like term this or like religious well, here, here, here's rap or the thing. something. There's just not enough Jesus for this to be Christian rap. Mm. Okay. Okay. And that, that's a, as I understand, it, that's a big topic in I and suppose. of itself. I suppose. Yeah, it makes sense. Anyway, something I. It's, it's religious rap in a sense, or the, theological rap, and I think that that's kind of maybe like the the best way to put it. Um, I look at it like it's more like a self-help book using theological arguments as its justification or spiritual arguments as a justification as opposed to a lot of other people who will just because you'll see a lot of these topics are actually prevalent in the underground Mm -hmm. with a bunch of guys whining and so they'll say a lot of the the core concepts but they're basically going those guys are shit fuck them Instead, it's not so educational driven and they're just using history of which a lot of these things are historical, religious ideas, I believe, to like kind of justify the concepts. Right. So I don't know if I'd call it religious so much as if anything more faith or spiritual. Those would be words I'd more use. Okay. Like I think that... um like KRS one, like would be kind of like in like that sort of realm. Like this, like it's less religious teachers. and yeah, it's like less religious and more. I, I would call California Ghost King a teacher. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, anyways, that's just like kind of my like thoughts on that. Um, and it, it has some like really like super sick rhymes. Uh, I mean, I can just like pull up some because like they're pretty cool. Um, let me do that right now. Um, I just have to say, when he goes and support ungodly HR bills, I have a relationship yep. with the letters HR that are different than most other people's. Okay. Um, my name is Holden Roy, as I said at the earlier. <clears throat> you can abbreviate that to HR. So there is a part of me that reads this line and can't not read it as un- unsupport ungodly Holden Roy bills. And I'm like, I, I, would, hate, I, I would, hate fucking HR as an acronym. Go on. I would, I would not support those un- ungodly HR bills either. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I, I just think it's really cool. I wasn't really sure, like some of the things that they're talking about, like you've, you mentioned, I think as well, um, Pinnail or Pinnell or whatever. Isaac, peep. Oh, no, that's that something else you said. Um, oh. This is Pinnell, and I wasn't really sure what that was or who that was or what that means. Um, but I think that it's... Pinnell so, or Pinnell? Close Pinnell? Like, I just didn't know. Like a Pinnell gland? Sure. Is that like a gland in your penis? No, I think it has <laughs> to do with hormones. Like, I, did, I, I didn't really know what that was. So, I mean, I think that's really cool because obviously, like, he kind of knows, like, a lot about a, ran- a bunch of random stuff that is so completely different from what I know about. And I think that I can still, like, Oh, understand. the pineal gland is essentially a third eye. Oh, definitely not Based a penis on my gland. Really, really, no, I knew it wasn't that. <laughs> um, 
It's, <laughs> it, has, it has to do with your endocrine system, which I believe is the nerves and senses and, and things. And we're going to biology bars here, okay? Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, a lot of things I don't necessarily know about. But um, I think it's Oh, but really check cool. the line. With those few feeble weasels with close pineal sheepling, the gullible and the mental states that land them in the prison states of the penal. Pineal, penal. So in that yeah. case, if you look at it like it's your third eye, it's your ability to appreciate the wisdom and the truth of a situation, then you're looking at this saying, these weak-ass small fuckers who can't see the world going on around them, are they're gullible. prisoners of like their own mind. Exactly, but that leads them into being prisoners of the legitimate system. So I keep the G-code and say, let my people go, saying that mm -hmm. this is what the G code is by being the teacher with elevation and even if you think back to like the origin of the crips right it's what community resistance in progress like it's an elevation movement yeah just because things got manifested differently today maybe there is value in understanding the origins of situations that's kind of why i like the fact that there's history thrown into this album oh and there definitely is so i mean there's a lot going on here and so like that's what i mean like there's a lot that like you know i wouldn't catch and i wouldn't catch you know like even like you know you just kind of caught that and that's well, because i googled and we should all be and you know what maybe there's a lot to google and i guess it says something about the level of wide knowledge mm -hmm. that mr ghost king has can we call him mr ghost king i guess that's weird. is that weird california ghost king mr ghost king i don't know go on your royalty um, your highness um, anyways I just thought it was really cool it's um, the beat is really well made um, agreeing with you on that it sort of like has this sort of like anxious and creepy and cool feeling like all at the same time and it kind of like it it, it makes you feel something and I think that it was really cool and like super tight so I give this a, a 4.4 on 5 so I'm pretty sure this track, though, like if you look at the verses, is a lot more directly about the music industry and stuff. Like, mm. in Yahweh's name, I claim divinity. They blaspheme as if their gods don't, uh, but don't own their own industry. So these are a comment, I guess. Uh, so he puts God first, but then you know how there's a group of people who will call themselves gods because that is to mean a black man as I understand it. Um, but they call themselves that, but it's blasphemy because they don't own the industry. As in, how are you going to be a god in an industry that's polluted like that? They fly. Well, isn't blasphemy it. like taking like God's name in vain? And so like it's, that's kind of yeah, like what making, they're saying. It's, yeah. So in a sense, or it's like using God's name in a bad way, and it's like a, a crime to to use God's name for non-holy purposes. I try very hard in my life to not blaspheme actually to this very day i'm terrible at it sometimes but i'm pretty good. like i try hard is what i'm saying it's something i'm aware of at least but he justifies this by they flaunt major slavery deals pushing wicked fantasies as if it were real that's fair man how are you supposed to be about enlightenment and stuff when you promoting toxicity which is a lot of what these th especially a 360 deal you know like I suppose if you're 21 and it's your only way out, maybe there's some value in the hype machine that can come from it. But it still seems like one in a hundred guys who get signed break away from a label and have a career. Like it's just, it just looks more like it's not a good deal for a lifelong career, you know? My ex understand when I say Satan's been revealed, and yes, I hate deceivers and demonstrate the will to be a hireling instead of a gathering, the Judaic minds to rebuild. So he's pointing out how, again, these people who are in the industry claiming whatever aren't acting out in a certain way. Like a fascinating thing and just a real life example, and I don't know if it fully relates, but 
it was uh, I was we we're gonna review Isham. So I got really fascinated and I read a whole bunch of forum threads about Isham's beefs with guys like ICP and Eminem. And when Eminem dropped Detroit vs. Everybody in uh, 2015 or 14 or whenever it was, uh, Isham was mad and he's like, "You can't just claim like Detroit." You know, what do you do for Detroit? You don't put Detroit rappers on your albums. You have a radio station. You don't play Detroit rappers. You don't give back to Detroit's community, yet you claim Detroit. You're just from here. You know, are you really from Detroit? And this is Eminem. Right. When I look at Eminem from the cultural leadership point of view, he's, he's not. He's just a guy who wants more of my money and more of my time and more of my attention, and he doesn't want to give me anything. He just wants more from me. And if I even don't think correctly about Eminem, he'll spend a year, this is the last year, doing features complaining about how his old fans have turned on him because we think his new stuff isn't exactly substance-driven. I don't know. I, I don't believe I'm alone in that point of view, but I notice it's not as paralleled with the kids. So it's more important for a guy like Eminem to take money from 16 to 22 year olds via marketing gimmicks than it is to try to do something with substance to whatever so yeah he'll break records but i don't know that anything he's doing now is going to do more than just break some records in a vain kind of way so when i think about this track it makes me think about that kind of people who the industry actually is and how people like think about them and who's so cool because if you're a lot of young cats being eminem is the shit. if you're me it's it's not it's not who i want to be you know right. even if i never make that kind of money it's not that important to me then you get the next part the blind say executives want immorality in hip-hop because that's what white listeners crave that's true i do think that that's no i mean that sentence is true um they do believe that that's what white listeners want i don't know if that's true though that's what white listeners want though because otherwise folk music wouldn't be so fucking popular <laughs> and folk music is like the antithesis to that argument white people gravitate to folk music because it's like a counter to pop it's authentic lyrics it's it's basically what hip-hop gives to a lot of people in the sense of what it's supposed yeah, to be i guess so i mean like the, I know. the, the nicer life i guess the the easy life but it's not it's not there's a lot of drug addiction there's a lot of real in folk music real shit like real folk music's about real shit wherever you're from the problems you're facing whatever it's mm -hmm. going to be about that it's going to be commentary on your world it's not going to be fluffy pop hedonism mm. like anyway in a sense one could argue that hip-hop is a folk music of and i'm talking about technical definitions of the region like that the it comes from grassroots movement yeah um, anyway, not that it is, but it, it came from that like thing because mm -hmm. now it's yeah. could also be argued hip hop is pop music today, and that's just kind of where it's at. So I, I question why people don't separate the label of hip hop pop and just hip hop hip hop, and not recognize well, these are two different, different things. I think there's what's popular and what is just you know that's what pop music is. It's what popular and like what you know the other side of hip hop where it's maybe not. Uh, played on the radio but it's still good and it's still hip-hop and it's still listenable and why but not I, I think that people do want hip-hop but i also think that people 
want what he's saying so in the next line he goes instead of music that gets people spiritually and socially engaged could this be another lie to keep my people confused in a daze yes mm -hmm. people actually want to feel inspired and engaged why do you think working class hero by john legend john john led lenin not legend very different <laughs> john very different um is such a powerful song because it wasn't fluffy crap it was like relatable enlightening kind of shit i don't know as a guy in a office place the new working class is office workers in a lot of ways um yeah you just relate to that shit and i think it's lasting it's not some fake crap it's satir satirical commentary on the state of economic classes in america and that lasted forever because it's still a truth to this day and that's what people crave right that's what white listeners crave yeah the beatles who they believe to be like honest authentic shit and they don't crave the shallow pop of today nobody craves that but high people like no offense but pop music in the clubs is not meant for sobriety like it's it's basically intoxicated music and it charts well because when you're sober it brings you back to the unhappy you know you have a good time in the club like i'll be honest with you i made out with a girl one time in a club listening to all i do is win by dj khaled and for the rest of my life i will like that song because i had that one memory in the club with it does that make it a good song fuck no i actually like it less over time <laughs> but i can't get that memory out of my head when i hear the song so it's awesome Yes, but I think that there's lots of songs that are like that, like where, you know, a memory and a moment or whatever, like happened to a song. And I think that that's, you know, super relatable to everybody. But what I'm saying is, is when you make a bunch of music that sounds really good when you fade it all the time, you end up building these memories. And like then that's the kind of song like someone should play for you if you know well, hopefully never you ever get like alzheimer's and stuff like that because that's gonna trigger a memory for you and like but, that's the same thing like if you know somebody who does have alzheimer's you can um often trigger memories but with um songs of their youth but um i mean so anyway i guess where i was going with all that is so you created a, a false association a lot of people like these positive memories based on these sounds based mm -hmm. on whatever yeah. then they hear it then there's the other side where people just are kind of vain in a lot of ways that shit's number one so i'm going to hear it mm -hmm. and like a label distribution but the truth about music is what you hear on repetition is what you're going to like that's just proven over time or so, hate in terms of like the case when you hear like the same song way too much I, I, science science doesn't say that you'll hate it in fact it will say that if you hear the same song enough over time you'll flip and you'll end up liking it but i think it just it. drives you nuts at some, at some point because you just hear it far too often in, like i mean there's like so many songs the I can short think term of. i agree with you but if you go back to that song five like, years, i can't listen to mumble number five anymore i bet if it we, was just far too much but have I you got, like, when actually I was to tried to like listen to it actually try it as an adult and, like put that on again you probably would have a fonder experience with the song now than you would. Well, it's still obviously a catchy song, but it was just that it was played too much, too much, all the well, time, every time. Like, you turn on the radio, it's so like I all think the time. that saturation of a song in its immediacy creates that effect, but over time, you'll end up liking a lot of that shit six, seven months later, and you'll actually find yourself going back to it. So Mambo Number no. 5 ended up creating a lot of replay value for itself over the next 20 years because while everyone was sick of it, everyone also had memories that made them want to go listen to it again 
and whether or not I guess and yeah and makes sense I can say that I hated jazz music when we started reviewing classic hip-hop albums and but now, not because you were forced to listen to it no all the time. But, but it was actually the opposite it's because I never listened to it so I never understood groove and then I never understood a lot of the elements of it and the more you listen to it the more you can understand why it's appreciated yeah I'm not advocating drugs, but it took MDMA to understand why. Um, well, yeah, same thing. I mean, like I used like to... certain electronic dance music was was good. Yeah. It took drugs for me to understand that music, and then I understood it again when I was sober. Partly because I could go back to that place and I could, could picture myself in front of the speaker for every other EDM song I heard again. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all that to say, I don't think. It's a valid argument to say that people want immorality. I think it's a valid argument to say immorality is repetitiously put in our faces to make us believe that we want immorality. But fundamentally, we are drawn towards inspiration. Anyway, that was my commentary on that part of the song. Damn, it's not going to be a short review, is it? <laughs> At the fact that rather than getting paid off a rap, they rather uh, pay to keep their white rulership maintained. For this reason, I infiltrate the brotherhood of this name to supplant a digging and crate. Oh, digging in the crates to go above keepers at the yep. gate to help the outcast of Israel arise and make. I don't know if that was actually an outcast bar or not. <laughs> but I know what digging in the crates is now. Mm-hmm. And how we done this review four months ago, five months ago, I would not have known what digging in the crates is because we've been digging in the crates going through the classic hip-hops and i just love the fact that these little easter eggs are thrown throughout this album and when you catch them you're like oh that's fucking fire (laughs) um and then again this song kind of looks at just that you know the more capitalistic side of funneling money back to white people that we had discussed previously and i say white people because um, a lot of the music industry is owned by some white Jews. It just worked out like that. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty powerful. So it's not far-fetched to say to white people. And if you look at hip-hop, it really is, in the pop sphere, a lot of sucking money out of the hood into the hands of rich white corporate folk. Whether or not you agree with me, that's cool. This is just how I've come to understand things over. So lyrically, absolutely fire. Sonically not my favorite track on this project i give it a 4.25 i think it's quality is up there anything over a four means your quality hits it but my preference is yeah i'm more drawn to the first two than this particular track however to give him his props is because the rapper's fucking fired the whole way through it's mostly the beat like i said his flow changes so much on this track from like a quicker to kind of a cadence like that to like you know other kinds of cadences my mind went blank (laughs) but he has multiple cadences he drops and i love that it keeps it alive and it keeps it fresh true uh yeah i don't have anything more on this one well then let's go check out worldwide war i don't know if it's both the title and the beat but both the title and the beat have me going this shit sounds like bone thugs Mm, yeah the beat very bone thug and it reminds me of art of war bone thugs on the grimier side of it maybe maybe and because when it comes to bone thugs i once said i knew stuff on a review and embarrassed myself and get hated until this day but outside of that we've listened to east 99 eternal yep. and uh art of war yep and so this reminds me of that those that era there we go not not the lyrics i mean the sorry the flow isn't it isn't quite that yeah 
but the music, the, the griminess, like the the kind of creepy sort of vibe that it gives, like it's pretty cool. But also, I almost expect some of the more religious theme lyricism from a group like Bone Thugs to be added into it too. So it adds that extra little connection in my mind, at least at that purpose point. They had some like godlike war mystical bars, like. Uh, or at least I'm thinking of like notorious thugs. I don't know, you know, shit. Get ready for Armageddon. Anyway, things like that. I would have to like go back and check out like the actual lyrics. Maybe I'm just inventing things because my memory, <laughs> memory. You listen to a lot of music. And memory is fallible. Sometimes you think you remember something and it's not real truth. It's uh, just what it is. Yeah. So I'm also not the biggest fan of this chorus. Uh, just to start off with that because it's how the song starts it's well wow war i followed the drinking good and he does that singing thing so i want to give him kudos on the singing thing because i like the versatility and i know i said it was not my favorite chorus but i mean i'm not supposed to necessarily love everything right like that's not the goal of this objectively speaking it's impressive that he can keep flipping it up and keep bringing a new sound to the table because let's be real this track doesn't sound like the other three tracks we heard it's a new sound yeah um, but yeah. See, the thing is, I I really like the chorus. I thought I think that they, you know, that he's really good at choruses and like you know they're all pretty, they're all pretty like hard hitting. And I they like are this one. Extremely well written by like like as far as the rules like, like of a good is, chorus goes, I agree with you. Yeah. So it's it's worldwide war. I followed the drinking gourd sitting on white horse. Strange fruit to strange flash of Sodom to Gom- and Gomorrah. Don't let sour streams of music make you into a whore. So I thought that there's like there's a lot I think in like in that chorus. Um, you know, like if they're in White Horse, like that's cool because that's in the Yukon and that's way up there, and I would love to go up there. I took it more as like. Uh... But a white horse could also be like the freedom horse, the horse that like rides through, sort of like the one that was like in um, Childish Gambino's video where there's a white horse riding behind him. Like it's a symbolism of like a hero or something like that that's kind of going. Um, and strange fruit to strange flash. I think like strange, when I hear strange fruit, I always think of. Uh, is it Ella Fitzgerald? I believe it is, I think. I hope I'm right. Um, and her talk about strange fruit and the um, black people that were strung up onto the trees and killed there and left to hang there. Um, and that's what she was saying, like, these are strange fruit. Uh, sort of, like, it's what she's talking about. And it was very controversial and, like, you know, a big... You know, it blew up. Um, so I think that that was kind of something as well that he's kind kind of I tying think it everything. Billy Holiday that wrote. Is it Billy Holiday? Ooh, maybe my bad. Yeah, it could definitely be. I couldn't remember if it was Billy or Ella. I think like both of them sing it. Uh, I can't remember who the first. Let me. I, I'll but, I mean, just, according to Wiki, it starts off with. Is it? Who first sang and recorded it is Billy Holiday. Holiday. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Uh, anyways, you know what I mean. Um, no, it was Nina Simone who I was thinking of. That was Nina the cover of it. Nina Simone was more like the, I think the 60s and 70s. I yeah. Um, but yeah, anyways, I think that it's just really interesting and that like how, um, you know, like music can make, you know, he says music, you know, sour streams of music can make you into a whore. And I think that's all, almost kind of like he's saying some, well, if personally you... speaking, some music makes you dance like a whore and some doesn't. And 
and so I think but I think it's also like linked to the Sodom and Gomorrah line some music is going to lead you to Sodom and Gomorrah and those are bad guys or something right from the Bible that's basic yeah like I know Sodom is from Sodomy I'm like I got that (laughs) Um, Sodom and Gomorrah are like the sin havens of the ancient world and then okay I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was a lot or one of these guys in the Bible. And there's a whole story with his daughters and stuff. Um, but essentially, you you got told to leave and not look back or you'd be turned into a pillar of salt, I think. Oh, yeah. I feel like I know that So Sodom story. and Gomorrah is like the sin places and it was all the worst stuff going on, all of the bad things. And then God smites it down in a flash and like destroys it. Okay, cool. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, anyways, there's, a, for me, like, I mean, I don't even know half of this stuff. And so, like, there's a lot to kind of, like, look into. And I think it's really cool. And, like, lots to kind of, like, I think different interpretations to kind of take away from it a little bit as well. Uh, so, I thought that it was really cool. Um, and let me just check out, like, I think there was, like, more lyrics that I thought were cool. I'm just going to pull them up really quick. I mean, I like how it starts just with two executions a day. Black lives like leaves in the wind blowing away. So if you think about the metrics of how many black lives are killed by police in America over a thing, it works out to two executions of police officers shooting black men a day. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. Yeah, I mean, I liked... Uh, black lives like leaves in the wind blowing so away. Much. Blowing in pathways soon to permeate all of Adam's shades. They kill us so we kill each other while grandmamas cry and pray. Yeah. And I'm just, I, I sit there and I'm like, that's like true. And if you look at it, like you're encouraged to kill each other through yeah. media. You have a lot of pain going on. And then the government is just legally allowed to shoot you down, it seems, because there's no consequences. Like, well, you could walk into your neighbor's house as a cop if you're a cute blonde chick, shoot a guy. And then what, 10 years? And the judge hugs you. The judge hugs you. Let's, you know, get the fuck like, out of here. Yeah, I thought that was definitely out of line. <laughs> um, the petty bourgeois say it's because we walk and talk this way, which is amazing because the petty bourgeois of Aerosmith. Is it Aerosmith? Walk this way. Yeah. Which I thought because that makes me picture that when I hear talk this way. Isn't that the lines of the Aerosmith song? Mm, so okay. when they go, the petty bourgeois say it's because we walk and talk this way. And it's like, look, the middle class white people who love Aerosmith. Oh, okay, okay. And, and he, ironically, Aerosmith is just, in a sense, as hedonistic as some of the shit that they're going to criticize when it's other types of music and people. Hell, Aerosmith did a track with fucking, what's his name, you know, uh, Run DMC. Yep. With yep. that very song, no? Yep. Anyway, though their daughters got hit while worshipping false Sabbath days to grim reaping at Black Sabbath play, but CGK can't get no aerial play. So... It's okay. If these guys are there, then you can promote them. But you come over to my side, and it's not okay. Yep. And I think a lot of people feel like that. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, like, it's just, it's really pretty cool. Like, the lyrics, the things that he's talking about are really interesting. Um, and, like, the war is sort of within ourselves. And, like, kind of, like, how we need to learn how to be better people and to kind of step up and to... You know, I guess treat people equally um, and basically learn, you know, t- t- telling you to like learn your morals, learn your history and learn how to behave like a good human being. Um, and basically, like if we all understand to love one another, no matter what our difference is, 
Um, and I think he's talking about religion, color, you know, gender, political views, theories on the flat earth, you know, situation or whatever, like all of the good and the bad, like everybody has to just love one another, no matter what. And I think that that's very difficult to do and um you know but i think that that's sort of like the the intention of what everybody should be trying to do at all times uh, is that you know it should always be about love first and um so i think that that was kind of like a big sort of like a bow on that one just kind of like wrapping it up for you um it it's definitely like one of like you know again one of the shorter songs it's three minutes 26 seconds so it's gonna mean a normal sort of length of it's a song even shorter because it's only got like the one verse the hook and then the crazy poem yeah and but it, it leaves you with so much to think about like and it definitely is like hard-hitting and impactful and so like it's pretty cool I just want to say that at no time in my career of reviewing people in my city am I going to just like metaphorically suck dick for the sake of making them sound good, but this is extremely well thought out. Yeah. Well written to the sense of like, like as a writer, the writing is the most important part of a song to me. And I'm just impressed by the amount of things that get thrown in, right? Like, so I'm blazing this gopher wood up today because these night crawlers are X-Men. Homo thugs is what they convey. And I like that, right? So these night crawlers, which is an X-Men, he's one of the X-Men, is X-Men, homo thugs. And if you think about young thug wearing dresses and this type of stuff that's going on, is what they're conveying is uh, kind of showing that you have so many of these guys who are giving up basic tenets of masculinity to portray, like I was saying a bit earlier, this feminine lifestyle that they're kind of giving off, which he definitely... See, I don't really see that much. Maybe it's like something that's like a, out of my... like. I think it's more seeing, that but... your level of tolerance and acceptance and appreciation for that community means that you don't notice these things is what I would honestly believe. Like it's mm -hmm. probably not weird or abnormal to you to see a bunch of dudes in makeup and nail polish. I don't know. But to me, <laughs> that's like, yo. It's I, like, used to, I used to come home to all like, to like that every day. Every day. <laughs> I bought a phone case because I really like purple. And if you look, I hope it shows up. You'll see it's kind of pink. And my first thought was, oh, fuck it. Pink phone case? Are you fucking kidding me? I got over it. I'm cool with it. But there's some part of me that is still like, no, that's some girl shit. That's not what boys do. Even though on the other hand, I believe there's the same level of branding that goes into some of the some of these superficial attacks on like gender is an interesting one because some of the shit that's manly is a little bit i don't agree with everyone's definitions on what's manly but i do agree that there seems to be an open effort on turning us men into effeminate cripples of what we could be as people like ignoring the biology that makes us men and what we got to be doing like for thousands of years our risk-taking assholeness was good and then all of a sudden it stopped being good why because society changed sure but up until recently, it was a necessity for dudes to kind of be a certain way and then ladies to take care of households and stuff. Now, I'm not trying to throw it down that I'm saying anybody should be anything. I'm saying that to completely alleviate the historical relevance of what a man should be is kind of whack to me when that's a very new concept that is actively being promoted and that will have consequences over time. 
Uh, maybe men should give up being toxic, immature, ego, lacking ego, whatever. But that's maturity, not gender. Right. And I think people are actively attacking the gender, which is fascinating but awful to me. Anyway, I I think I get where he's coming from. I don't know if I agree a million percent on his particular views on the subject. But I do think that it seems like if you wear a dress and some nail polish, you'll pop a, a lot quicker. If you have some pink hair, if you do some of this it's stuff. Like, is this real statistics? Like, are these real things? Like, I don't know if it's if in looking pop, like certain things in pop gets music, you more yes. famous than others. Yes, in pop music, always. It's always been like that. Look at David Bowie. I bet half of it is what he dressed up as more than the music. Half of it is these dudes' antics more than the music, and people don't want to admit that shit. Yes, the music's great looking back, but if David Bowie wasn't going around as a Nazi doing cocaine, I don't think, yeah, he dressed up as a Nazi for a year. See, I didn't know that. I don't think he would have had the media attention and controversy to secure his stardom. So you get that controversy. Like, why did Lil Nas X uh, come out as homosexual while the song was number one? Is it marketing or is it LGBTQ2 plus rights? So it's almost like anytime you have a black guy in a position of prominence, he has to be. I feel like I read about it like way after. I was like, oh, he's so gay? So is it real statistics? Okay. I don't have them. But I can tell you that there seems to be a trend of rap pop stars not really looking like what they used to. It seems to be a lot more skinny jeans, colorful hair, and a lot yeah, of. Yeah, that's it. also the style of today. But why is that the style of today? Because. The music and stuff is selling it. It's I think bell bottoms are coming back though, slowly. I think they're well, coming like, back. If you look at it, a lot of even what this album is saying is the music is creating this branding. So if we keep allowing it to do it, it's polluting the message. And in, like, I'm not saying that there's a problem dressing a little eccentrically or whatever. I'm saying that it's kind of weird that the only way to get famous is that you have to. And if you want to dress like a dude and just be like a dude, it's it's not a problem. It's it's not okay. It's not enough anymore. And in pop land, it's not the same as underground hip hop land. Like, look at fucking Tyler the Creator. He's fucking colorful wigs and bright green outfits and stuff. Like, it's really effeminate. It's really. He came out as gay. And he went down that path too. It was like a core tenet of his previous album. You look at Lil Yachty's cover where he has the two dudes kissing. And I'm not, again, trying to say that it's like a good or a bad thing. I'm trying to say that it seems to be more and more in pop music that this is a direction that people should be going at a certain age group. I mean, I'm looking at, like, I really don't know too, too much about Tyler, the creator. The counter argument is Andre 3000 was doing that shit 20 years ago and everybody fucking loved it. Like, I'm just looking at <laughs> pictures of him and I couldn't, wouldn't be able to tell you that if he would was be, gay or straight I'm saying, or that's I'd... just the counter argument is that uh, Andre 3000 did this stuff and people didn't quite I don't know He's maybe did people hate it when Andre 3000 was goofy like that like I don't really well, people know people didn't like it when I think he did um like you know the kind of like the style kind of pop art like speaker box kind of situation like they well didn't I meant like, like from a, a, a literal aesthetic point of view I could picture Andre 3000 wearing dresses for the sake of like fashion right that is yeah because, so was it like okay? For him, it's like but was it okay an when Andre three thousand did it? So and I'm so I'm wondering why can't that be for anybody? So this is more to like anybody watching this. Was it okay for Andre three thousand once upon a time, but not okay for Young Thug? And that's just where I, I don't know. I get the point being made here because it is there is a force on all aspects of life attacking masculinity in its current existence. Dignity. I don't care. Um, anyway. 
either way moving back to the song i i just think it's got like a great thing uh, and their ak can't stop the apocalypse their sponsorships display even as a street king with a tech i had no government sway also i just wanted to throw in oh tech and sway in the morning <sighs> radio shows right so i also just I wanted to throw in um worldwide war is the title of the song and www you know for the internet so i think that it all kind of ties together mm, that the inf- i didn't that even th- catch that that the inf- like the internet is influencing a lot of things and a lot of sinful behavior and you know people are kind of like saying like you know because i think overall like you know the over, over, overarching theme is that you know you have to love everybody and that like, you have to kind of understand that like like that's not real life the internet isn't real life well i don't know that the internet saying you have to love everybody I no think i think what he's saying i don't think the internet's saying that i think he's saying you have to be righteous you have to be of a certain ethical character more accepting of people and i think the internet is definitely showing us what's out there i don't know i don't like i feel like there's an acceptance but only on the caveat that we're all approaching the same desire for enlightenment i think we're supposed to in the other hand not be so accepting of ignorance whereas the internet's definition of acceptance is acceptance of ignorance and not acceptance only of what's good and people seem to have that kind of twisted online where you're supposed to just love everybody for themselves which is not a hundred percent a healthy message to be preaching to people who are not all doing good stuff instead i think we should be preaching develop character ethical integrity and maturity so that we can move forward towards a better tomorrow um but i watched a lot of star trek and that shit inspired me um i let the poem it was long and they didn't send us the poem in lyrical form so i wrote a couple lines down but it was just kind of like a series of almost commandments to be a better person like be righteous in your actions be just in your dealings be upright in your performances be honest in your expressions and then just kind of ending with be of sound character and fair in all your judgments yeah and it's like yeah it so something i find stupidly problematic in life is the lack of rules related to common sense that are written down and as far as everything i've heard in the last couple of years i think the little poem at the end of this track is a good definition of common sense for good people it's kind of what the middle class should be doing and isn't it's what the middle class says they're doing but he's defining what you should be doing instead of what you claim to be doing to be of that kind of thing instead of just these nice outsides and hollow shells this is what you need to do to have a nice fluffy caramel nougat inside a healthy one because maybe food science makes healthy chocolate one day mm-hmm. anyway i think this track is really good really strong follows through with all of the other ones um so i'm going to give it a 4.35 in terms of sound i like it a little bit more than the last one in sound but like again as you can tell there's so much to talk about it's so interesting lyrically the delivery is super tight it's uh music to teach people yeah which makes sense with the name of the next track being re-education preparation for the power all right oh i don't think i gave my grade it was that 4.5 yeah sorry about that re-education preparation for the power yeah yeah. Holy shit, we're at an hour and 40 minutes of raw recording and we're only on track five. This is absolutely not being done in one part, people. This is a multiple parter. Um, on that note, we might go a little, a little bit quicker through this track just to kind of wrap up the first part. So sorry if this song gets less attention than the other ones. Um, what do you think of it? 
Um, well, I think it's got like this nice, like hard, sick beat. I think it's pretty cool. Um, there's like bottle tapping or something in there, and I like that. I always like when there's like different types of sounds that you don't normally hear in music, and I think that that's always fun. Um, like you know, y'all know me and my gunshots. Love a good gunshot. So for those um, who don't know, if the <laughs> beat has a gunshot sound in the beat, in the built beat, into it, it's like an automatic five for Bonnie. It's just cool. She doesn't necessarily love gunshots. I I do not I do not shoot people or any shot or any guns really, um, but I like the sounds of them. They sound cool. In beats. In beats, yes. Um, and the lyrics on this one are super cool. Again, it's sort of about the same sort of topics and the overall theme of uh, the, the whole album. I think it was pretty cool. Um, and, you know, he's just kind of upset because, uh, you know, he has salvation, he has strength, and um, he has the kingdom of Yahweh within him. And, um, and I think that it's like, it's kind of cool because he's he knows like what he needs to do and he's just trying to like you know pass this message on to the people that's what he's trying to do and he's trying to re-educate them with um this sort of knowledge base and um at the end i like the the quote and i think it's the same person speaking um in a few different songs that, that we get quotes from and i don't know who it is and i'm sure that that's not if good. it's the same person at the start of the last track it's the lost prophets of the 60s poetry group yeah and i think that also too like that, i hope it's the lost I like last something prophets like that I wrote it somewhere teaching or like that sound because it definitely sounds from like the 1960s or 70s kind of flows through the album and kind of has this like modern classic kind of feeling to it because it, because of all like the technical uh sound engineering or whatever it definitely sounds like um you know like a modern album but it could be like from like the 90s also kind of has like that 70s 60s kind of feeling kind of thrown into it so it's kind of touches on a lot of different sounds in terms of like the like the themes or whenever it came out so i don't know or it's not yet released but i think it's really cool um the watts profits yeah that's what i was thinking when i said lost it was watts watts okay um so yeah and i think that it's really cool and like the the i have power at the line um which kind of echoes through at the end i think that that's like a really cool and interesting quote to kind of throw in there and this is basically to like I said, it's just to relearn and re-educate yourself about the world, about your your own beliefs, um, in the sense of kind of being born again, um, not necessarily in the Christian sense, but in just in terms of being born again, in in terms of your religious experiences or whatever your beliefs are. So it's kind of like a to to change your ways, I think. And I I thought it was really cool. I gave this a four point four on five. Yeah, I mean, even just with the title, Re-Education for the Preparation of Power. So it's an interesting point. We've established the need for this re-education like up until this point. Power. But it's like up until this point on the album, the last few songs have established there's a need for re-education mm-hmm. because the education sources are pretty bad. So now the purpose, you know, you get the hook. Uh, re-education for the preparation of the power in the final hour of this planet's plan is to be ours. 
So in a sense, it's saying when that time comes, there will be some kind of conflict where the righteous will thrive and survive is what I kind of take from that, you know, and yep. that the sinful will fall. And so when that time comes, it's like you got to be ready for it. You know, in the midst of a morally decaying and dying hip-hop society, the king's focus on restoring pride, respect, and dignity, principles, ethics, and honor of divinity, no longer modern minstrel coons, but wise sagacious and well-behaved, not to their liking, but in the manner of our ancient ways. So when you look at hip-hop in the state of it being morally bankrupt and people aren't trying to elevate or build and all the pop is kind of vapid and it's all about number one, well, the solution is to go back to the roots and the history of what it is, to study it and to, to kind of go back to the building things up, you know? Concerning issues that affect our health and lives in these hellish days, manifesting strong foundations of management and leadership abilities so we can pull some billions out of this $15 billion industry, you know? So it's saying we need to worry about our health we need to worry about the actual situation and how can we collectively organize ourselves to pull actual wealth and resources because if there's 15 billion dollars what the fuck isn't it going towards hip-hop where is that money going mm -hmm. big questions you know yeah and it just kind of flows on that we need to you know focus on god's influence and the right ways of living to oversake the temptations and the devilish ways that are thrown in our face so that we can find power through education like on eternal journeys uncovering ancient mysteries giving education to educate on what ed douche means which i guess is the root word of education uh bringing out those latent qualities and powers hidden in our chromosomes and genes so when we come up with the idea of designer genes we aim to own our manufacturing factories so in a sense it's let's understand how we can be the masters of our own future of our own sustainability i'm reading a book on the history of weed cannabis weed like literally just that and one of the most interesting things i've seen is that had the u.s government invested in a hemp industry uh for fabrics and plastics and whatnot they would not have the national debt they have from importing fabrics and everything they would have they'd be the ones that could be exporting to the whole world hmm. and they wouldn't need everyone else to make their clothing and shit on the cheap because they can't get the materials here quite to the same extent they could have bypassed so much if it wasn't for a couple of white dudes who wanted to destroy the world. And I bring up weed because what I learned in this book so far is a lot of the decisions to criminalize it are on par with the level of propaganda that gets spit through hip hop. Bunch of fake bullshit to make people believe things to get what rich people want. Hmm. I digress. Oil lobbyists, by the way oil lobbyists <laughs> that's the answer to the question you may have had hemp seed oil competes with gasoline and oceans oil and in theory hemp seed could also have avoided entire destructions of ecosystems marijuana wow. may know. just be fucking magical after all not just for the smoking it part which weirdly enough people weren't really rolling joints up until cigarettes made it popular and weed hit america according to the book i'm reading everyone else would ingest it more orally or through pipes and stuff so america well, it makes sense brought with us the, whole pipe the joint thing because i feel like pipes are more like old school and yes uh there were mechanisms from the natives that had pipes but apparently they would smoke a lot of shit not just weed oh like the <laughs> peace pipes and uh, oh, what's, there's like the, something that they would eat and it makes you yeah mm, i can't think of what it's gosh called, yeah now. history of drugs is cool uh, <laughs> Anyway, I don't bring that up for moral depravity reasons. I just think it's interesting how much drugs has been part of society. Um, anyway, 
So yeah, the track kind of ends though, weird, weirdly enough, I'll show you the first verse ends with not how, um, while understanding that it all comes from our spirituality, not how many holes or clothes or straps you keep, noisy amounts of pills you pop or purple syrup you drink, rewriting history, yeah. Mm -hmm. So oddly yeah. enough, success and stuff isn't based on the metrics of how many girls you smashed or how much drugs you do and that shouldn't be the essence of your music look you want to throw a song here or there about you had a good day with the ladies like if i wrote an awkward ironic song about how i walked into a place and was the fucking pimp of the room for a second that might work as an art concept because nobody believes i walk into the room and that happens right, right. that's the reality of that <laughs> but if you make your whole career around paying prostitutes for sex and bragging about it it's a little weird that's what happens nowadays it's not just girls want me it's girls want my money and i give it to them so girls fuck me that is not cool that's what i'm trying to say uh reading writing arithmetic train your child up in the ways they should go so they grow old and won't depart from it displaying readiness to learn mental gains and to stay alert instead of tales of crimes and drugs while hanging out on the curb instead of teen pregnancy and juvenile delinquencies we expose them to celestial galaxies yes Yes, let's get more real shit like that going on. First of all, I hear Celestial Galaxies a picture Star Trek, and I don't see how we get there without Star Trek. I mean, you you guys might have answers, but <laughs> anything that brings back Gene Roddenberry's philosophy is cool by me. All right. On China Sado is there's a lot more to the world out there, and when we look at something like a Killer Priest or like even Deltron or these different things, there's so much other stuff you can rap about. That's yep. all I'm trying to say. Yeah, you can rap about anything. And I think that's also the point of this track is we could just rap about better shit. Um, so for the quality. Of, uh, no, it's not this one. Uh, I'm moving ahead of my notes. Sorry. For this one, I gave it another 4.35, and I guess it questions fundamentally what we view as important in society. True. Yeah. All right. It's been long part one. Did you give a grade today? Yes. Perfect, because I'm bad at remembering that. So we're going to cut this in the halfway point for part one. Um, I don't think we're going to talk 30 minutes on another track. We might. But anyway, it's a good halfway. This might be our longest individual episode in a quick minute. Um, oh, well, let's hope it uh, works for y'all. So thank you for watching it. We totally appreciate you being here at the end of this halfway point. Um, feel free to leave a comment. As always, you can, if you do, we'll respond. That's what's up. Hit the like button if you like the video. Hit that subscribe button if you're feeling it. And uh, we'll get you part two and more reviews. And special thanks to the patrons. There's Milga Dempsey, Chris Prado, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Black, Hurricane, Linda, Williams, Coney Sparks. They're all super dope. They helped us get a new camera. They're going to pay for our website soon. Y'all amazing. No, literally, when I say soon, we're doing it this month because yeah everything worked out this time this month was the timing um and they're really awesome like that and they get to tell us what albums to review so if you want to tell us what albums you viewer want to see us cover patreon's a great way better than the vapid request in the comment the meaningful request in the comment get some love vapid ones eh we'll see uh but yeah we also make music here. You can check that out. I dropped a single this week. I got my own album coming out in the next little bit. And not to compete with their album. But it's my plug time. And uh, you can check that out on this channel. So let me know what you think about all of that. And uh, we'll catch you very soon with part two. So peace, love, Bye, guys. and live long and prosper. Oh.